We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The KCSN Live Post Game Show with DJ Kissel and Ken Swanson is about to begin. Best post game coverage you can find. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Live on the 101 The Fox Facebook page, KC Sports Network's YouTube channel, and tomorrow, well, wherever you find your podcasts. This is the KCN Live Post Game Show with BJ Kissel and Ken Swanson from the Bullpen Bar and Grill in Overland Park. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to the KCSN Live post-game show on BJ Kissel. That is Ken Swanson. We've got Tucker Franklin behind the the lights, we'll say, <laughs> making everything work. Chiefs 42, Eagles 30. They move to 2-2 two and two on the season. They get back to 500. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to give our 10 observations in this game. Real quick, Kent, what do you love about today? I love that Andy Reid got his 100th win in Kansas City, it feels good. I'm excited, happy. I, I the best. I, I I want Andy Reid's career to be memorialized in Kansas City, and it, it started today. I love that. I love it for him. I love the, the the just the poetry of him doing it in Philly. And he made the joke this week about yeah, the reason they had lost to the Ravens and the Chargers was that he was just setting it up so he could get that hundredth win, become the first coach in NFL history to win hundred games with two different teams. We're gonna break it all down, like I said with these 10 observations, Matt Lane and Craig Stout are going to join us here in a little bit. But uh, if you've been watching our post-game shows, we appreciate that. And we appreciate the Bullpen Bar and Grill for hosting us here out in Overland Park for these post-game shows. They're always good at taking care of us. Darren and his crew are always very good about that. So make sure whether you're watching on Facebook, uh, in our Facebook group on 101 The Fox or Within the Facebook group there on the, the KCSN powered by the Chiefs Kingdom Facebook group, we appreciate everybody for watching. You're on Twitter, Twitch, 
YouTube. There's a lot of places to watch it. We appreciate if you're watching whatever platform you're on. If you have questions, send those along. Tucker will make sure to bring those up onto the screen and we can answer your guys' questions throughout the show. Uh, let's start with uh, tomorrow's headlines. And like the number one observation, was this the quietest five touchdown <laughs> performance for a quarterback maybe in NFL history? So we're watching the game and I turn to BJ. I say, that's his fifth touchdown. He's got five? <laughs> What a game for Patrick Mahomes. It's a very quiet five-touchdown performance. Felt like, you know, it, it didn't really feel like the Eagles did much in the way of resistance for this team. And Patrick Mahomes made that very obvious with five touchdowns. You know, maybe a couple shovel passes in there. You know, we're kind of talking there a little bit. But <laughs> some big plays by Patrick Mahomes. A really good, you know, exclamation mark on this game with the deep touchdown to Tyreek Hill late. Yeah, we're going to talk about Tyreek Hill. We're going to talk a lot more about Patrick Mahomes. We're going to talk about this offensive line. But Mahomes finishes 24 of 30 for 278 yards, five touchdowns, one interception on one of those passes that we've seen him force a couple uh, Maddie Lane had put out, and we're going to ask him later on the show. It'll be interesting to see um, on that play specifically where Mahomes is trying to go with it. Um, there's going to be a lot of people breaking that down throughout the show. But um, the other thing we want to talk about, you mentioned it before, but Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. Let's spend a minute on this because yeah. he's not going to get like, – we talk about normalizing what Patrick Mahomes is doing, what Travis Kelsey is doing, what Tyreek Hill is doing now. It's also not normalized what Andy Reid is doing and what he's done um, on the field to bring just a consistent winner to this fan base and what we needed as a fan base at the time, uh, it, it can't be overstated. Well, his you know his career started in Philadelphia. He had a lot of success in Philadelphia. His win percentage was under 600. It's over 700 in Kansas City at this point. And, you know, the foundation was set well before Patrick LeVon Mahomes entered the scene. This is not just something that just happened because Patrick Mahomes got here. This is something that established itself from Jump Street. He won the first nine games in his career at Kansas City, and he's had an immense amount of success. It's so deserved for I mean, every everything he gets. It's so deserved. He's an ambassador for the National Football League. He's beloved. His coaching tree is better than, I'll say it, his coaching tree is better than anybody's. It's outstanding. I love the fact that Andy Reid got his 100 wins at Kansas City. And I, there might be another 100 down the road here. We'll see if he can survive. <laughs> With Patrick Mahomes, who knows? You can't put it by you can't put anything by these guys right now. And let's go through a couple of these numbers. We're gonna welcome on Craig Stout here in a minute. But talk going back to Patrick Mahomes became the third fastest player. Tucker, correct me if I'm wrong, third fastest player in NFL history. Number one. He is the first quarterback to win 40 games in his first 50 starts. Wow. wow. Looked at that Chiefs PR. I thought he was second. Daryl LaMonica was up there and somebody else. But either way, 40 wins in his first 50 starts is pretty damn impressive as are some of these offensive statistics we're talking about Andy Reid and just figuring it out from one week to the next and that every week is a different battle Chiefs offense goes nine of ten on third down nine of ten that might be the best third down one of the best since Andy Reid has been in Kansas City I used to keep track of like all the four core stats so it's like third down red zone turnovers um, all that stuff and the other one to look at Chiefs defense in the red zone, three of six. Now that's not a lot to write home about, but for they were progress. eleven or twelve. They were eleven or twelve coming into this game, so they significantly improved that average. They did have the one turnover, but they overcame that. But and I think the turnover was the one third down that they didn't convert, if I remember correctly. It was a third down that he. <laughs> that the was. one turnover, yeah, the one. It was just that it was the the pressure hitting the arm and the interception. That was the only time they didn't convert a third down today. That is absolutely unbelievable. Dominant. And you know what else is unbelievable? 
that we get to talk to Mr. Craig Stout, the big institution. Again, this week, it's becoming one of my favorite things. We get to see this beautiful man's face <laughs> and, more importantly, this beautiful man's beard. Post-game show has got a different vibe, Mr. Craig Stout, after a win. Yeah, I mean, it's great when the offense plays well, isn't it, guys? Really great. I'm here to talk to you about the other side of the ball, though. Yeah, let's let's get into that. I know we were messaging throughout, but let's start with the red zone defense because it was better. I know we're going to talk about the other stuff because you guys have been banging the table on the same stuff that we continue to see, and you've been talking about it all offseason, all into the season. But let's talk about the red zone defense. What did you see that was encouraging, and what did you see that needs to get better? Um, I think a lot of things still need to get better. Obviously, you can only go up from 100% red zone conversion <laughs> there. But I, I do think that you saw maybe a little more contending, maybe a little more pressing at the line of scrimmage from some of these cornerbacks. I think you saw the defensive line play a little bit better at times. But that being said, Jalen Hurts missed on two passes that would have been touchdowns that were open receivers. And then the third non-conversion actually occurred on a play that the Chiefs defense stepped up and stopped. But a special teams penalty put the uh, Eagles offense back on the field and a rub route that the refs luckily called took a touchdown off the board, resulting in that three of six. It still needs to be cleaned up. There were still opportunities there. Good offenses are going to make them pay. But I did like the fight just a little bit better. I, I think that this group may be changing the mentality. I, man, I'm, I'm reluctant to say it because I think if Hurts hits those guys, we're talking about this completely different. Yeah, Craig, not everything's perfect with this defense yet. And they gave up 30 <laughs> points here, obviously. Uh, one, of the, one of the issues that we saw the first touchdown of the game all off of a potential fumble. We don't need to go there, but the, right. the Eagles line up again. They get set quick. This team gets caught off, off guard again. What's going on when teams try to play tempo? It's still a problem again. I mean, we've been talking about this for a year and a half now. Teams go tempo against the Chiefs. They struggle to adjust. Everybody struggles to stay on the same page because Spagnuolo's defense is complex. That's why you have guys playing that you do because they are typically guys that are Highly intelligent, good football IQ guys that can learn things quickly and be able to get in the spots that they need to go. But if nobody's on the same page, as we have seen now for three weeks in a row, and it was especially bad when the Eagles went tempo to start this game, you see big chunk plays. The Chiefs defense gave up over 10 yards of play on first down in the first half of this game. That's abysmal. You can't do that and expect to win games. Luckily, they were able to step up a little bit in the red zone, be able to come up with some stops there. But the defense as a whole was awful against tempo and just can't get on the same page. If you can't get on the same page, then why are these guys playing? Like, that's the logic behind why some of these guys are playing. And Craig, I'm sure we're going to get into this in the laboratory later this week, but this is year three of the Steve Spagnuolo defense, and this layer of disorganization is just kind of feels unacceptable. I What is the issue here? Because this is a very well-established program. There's a lot of veterans that have been in this, this defense for a long time. What's going on here? Yeah, and you do see a couple of new guys. I mean, a lot of the secondary is rotating around. There's a couple of new guys on the defensive line. Nick Bolton, another new guy, is coming along still here. But those are all guys, the guys that we're talking about, that are guys with good football IQ that seem to wrap their heads around things quickly. It's just not happening. 
I don't know if the call's not getting spit out by Anthony Hitchens before everybody can line up. I don't know if the coverage calls are being able to be translated all throughout the secondary when they're lining up. But something needs to change. Something needs to get shortened up when they're splitting things out. Something needs to adjust. You need to have some quick audibles and know where everybody needs to be because right now there's too often these guys have no clue they're just standing around covering grass and that is unacceptable you know craig the thing i want to ask you about as we communicate here uh the order in which we're asking <laughs> different things right now <laughs> i want to ask uh, mike dana two sacks today i know you guys had written about him uh, you and maddie did uh, last week just what we had seen from him and the chief's pass rush was a Something that we talked about, Ken and I were talking about during the game that we expected to see more for what the the Eagles' offensive line was banged up. We expect him to come out here and get some pressure. Mike Data had some sacks, like he made some plays. But what did you see from, and what is happening up front? Are those guys just not getting off blocks, or what's happening for us not to find success in the pass rush area? Well, it's too often that they're getting into some third and short or second and short situations. It's not often enough that they are getting to pin their ears back. I think you saw there at the end of the game, the last couple of drives, when the Chiefs knew that they could pin their ears back a little bit, the pressure was there a little bit more, and they were finally able to get home against some of those guys. Eagles came out running the ball quick and throwing the ball rapidly to keep Jalen Hurts protected. Lots of bootlegs towards Chris Jones, especially trying to get him on the move and protect him a little more. So that definitely contributed. But when those situations early in the game where the Chiefs finally got to pin their ears back and rush the passer, it still wasn't good enough on a regular basis against a backup offensive line. I did like what we started to see, the glimpses at the end of the game. But you can't just turn it on when you're up 15. You got to do that on the early third downs. Protect yourself. Get off the field. Don't put yourself in the red zone every single drive but two in this game that that Ooh. just can't happen I, yeah. I was gonna say bye and then he just dumped that stat on us like <laughs> oh that one just hurt my heart like oh you can't do it but I'm, I'm gonna before we let you go Craig I did want to get your thoughts on this too because Frank Clark is such a polarizing topic and I know that I'm right in the middle of it with my thoughts but this is this is a serious question the Chiefs are struggling so much to get pressure in defensively that even a Frank Clark at 70% might not be the value of his contract but if he's out there and doing whatever he can is he a better option at 70% than the rest of what we have to put out there even if it's not warranting the 20 million dollar a year contract whatever it is is 26 million dollar cap hit at some point, you just have to put your best players out there and give yourself a best chance with what you have. Is that what you see maybe happening as we go forward? I mean, he would definitely help from the diagnosis standpoint. I know I just got done kind of dunking on the, the, the smart football IQ guys for not making plays, but Frank Clark does a lot of that. He helps adjust those fronts along with Anthony Hitchens. He's able to make those sorts of adjustments and make some negative plays, particularly in the run game. I think he helps there a little bit, but they need more help than just Frank Clark. Yes, he's probably going to help. Yes, he's probably going to identify things quicker than some of these guys that haven't played as much defensive end as he is, but you got to get some other dudes in here. you got to get some more contribution regularly. Where are they coming from? Line. Not to cut you off, I, just like, yeah, that's the, that's yeah, the thing, and I understand from Chiefs fans, like, that's not good enough. Be like, okay, yeah. let's be pragmatic yeah, about up. it. Like, what are you going to do? Like, who's going to yeah. go out there and play? Who's going to take those snaps? 
Jaron Reed's got to step up. Uh, yeah. Turk Wharton's got to get more snaps rushing the passer. Uh, Alex Okafor's got to look better than he has. Chris yeah. Jones has to be able to kick inside and rush where we know he's best rushing the passer. That's where the improvement's going to come from. It's not like you're going to go find a guy off the street because those dudes aren't there right now that are going to make that kind of impact. So it's got to come internally, and you got to be able to do it on those money downs. Uh, you're going to find Craig's analysis tomorrow. You're going to find Craig's analysis later in the week, breaking down this defense on the KCSN Substack, kcsn.substack.com. Craig, thank you so much for spending a little time with us today. Appreciate you guys. <laughs> uh, we will take a quick break right now and take a look at some of the college shows that we got here on KC Sports Network. It's not all just Chiefs. We have a little bit of college stuff as well. We'll be right back in about a minute. through but that border war podcast with jared sutton and jeff hawk i'm pretty excited about that podcast oh, man, KU Mizzou basketball like come on it's bottling up some of the fiercest energy in the entire city december 11th in lawrence like oh, oh we're gonna have great. some fun we're gonna announce some live shows we got some cool stuff coming up at kc sports network please stay tuned to that but right now let's get back to this show and uh right here in the middle of the show we always have our our sponsored segments and right now we talk a little bit about leadership we talked about andy reed earlier let's talk about patrick mahomes I, I put the quote out from kc sports network earlier or on kc sports network's twitter earlier but patrick mahomes had a quote earlier this week that i don't think we should gloss over when your leader of your football team says the right things i know we kind of expect them to say the right things but said you know we put our backs against the wall, and right now we're going to see who we are, and I think you're, you'll see the best of us today. And he went out there and threw five touchdowns, 278. He did force one, got it. But five touchdowns, a quiet performance. Went out there and showed why he's a leader. You know who else is a leader? Who, Beach? Fairway Independent Mortgage. Fairway Independent Mortgage makes the home loan process as simple as possible by guiding you through every step, just as they've done for the past 25 years. Call Jennifer Dixon at 816-390-8898. That's 816-390-8898. Great rates, a focus on customer service, and the fastest turn times in the industry. That's Fairway Independent Mortgage. Let's talk a little 15. Man, I tell you what. Quarterbacks make their money in the red zone. They make their money on third down. And we talked a little bit about I that like a little bit. I said that before. I have said it a little bit before. Uh, and it's absolutely true. And I, you see the leadership. You see the... You know, the, the focus, the attention to detail from Patrick Mahomes this week and the execution in the biggest moments of this game, down in the red zone, perfect. Third down, 9 out of 10, one interception against pressure, arm gets hit. Outside of that, he was absolutely dominant. 9 out of 10 on third down is exceptional. Those little things, you know, that, that, is, that is a real response. That's about as good of a response as you can have from Patrick Mahomes. And it starts with him. He'll tell you it starts with him. And it did start with him today. Yep. Hopefully, that's the first step in you know a long stretch here. Big one coming up this you know this next week. We probably maybe maybe we talk about later. I don't know, but this was a good game for the offense. He led from the front, forty-two points on the board on the road. Again, first quarterback according to Tucker Franklin. 
First quarterback in NFL history, win 40 games in his first 50 starts. If you can't see Tucker right now, he's like this. Just wearing it right now. But, uh, you know, before we get to the next segment, the other thing that I want to talk about real fast, going off script for a second, is that we are doing something at KC Sports Network that we all feel very, very strongly about. And we are doing a program, a campaign called Feed It Forward for teacher appreciation this year. Every Friday, every Thursday, Friday, depending upon if they have school, we're sending a hundred cookie society cookies. Yes, that is Jeff Allen's and his wife Marissa's company based down there in Frisco, Texas. We are sending a hundred cookie society cookies to a different school. We're doing elementary, middle, high schools, bouncing back and forth between Kansas and Missouri. We're doing this every week. It's just a thank you to teachers for everything that they've done. We appreciate the support that they've given us and the, the early support that we've gotten so far with the first deliveries that we had for Feed It Forward last week. But again, we just wanted to put that out there because again, anyone that hasn't subscribed to our uh, daily newsletter, for every subscription that we get, we're sending an additional five cookies to five different teachers in Kansas City. Just wanted to put out that out there right now. But Kent, the sixth observation in this game is going to be our Big Cedar Golf best drive of the game. And we agreed on this, and this is pretty easy for us on this early in the fourth quarter, leading by five at 28-23. The Chiefs went 75 yards on 11 plays, converting two third and shorts. But the thing that it ended with the Tyreek Hill touchdown, but the thing that I loved about this drive, seven rushes for 41 yards on that drive. And Clyde edwards Lair, four carries for 34 yards, eight and a half yards per carry. When you're leading in the fourth quarter, the other team knows you're going to run it. And the offensive line got it done. Yeah, it was a dominant run performance up front down that drive. And really the entirety of the game, the Chiefs averaged 6.3 yards per carry on this game. That'll it, play. That'll absolutely play. And it was an exceptional run performance you know, by the Chiefs offensive line and Clyde Edwards-Alaire to his credit. And the funny thing is, you know, even that touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill, it was a run pass option. <laughs> of course it was. So, you know, and we were talking, were they down? Were they downfield a little bit? But yeah, I mean... You know, even, you know, the, the run game established, being established late in the game, you know, it paid off in that situation. The Chiefs got a, a, a pass look because the run game was so dominant. Tyreek Hill's slant touchdown, exceptional drive, and the run game really led that. We've talked about it all offseason about getting a group doing the power runs, and you guys can break all that down of what the run schemes and the run, all, what all that was. But at the end of the day, late in the game when you're leading, the other team knows you're going to try to run the football. I know it's the Chiefs and Andy Reid, they're going to throw it, but... Those guys were moving bodies. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was getting downhill. He was making good reads. His vision looked great. He was making big-time plays. And it was one of the better games that we've seen from Clyde, obviously, this year. Went over 100 yards. It was great to see from him, but it was great to see the offensive line just moving bodies early in the fourth quarter. I was getting excited. I know we love watching Patrick Mahomes throw the football around, but we spent so much time this offseason talking about getting an offensive line that can do that in that situation and that shouldn't be lost yeah we were really hoping to see the offensive line continue to gel and i think we were a little optimistic that they might be a little bit farther ahead when they first got into it week one there's been some growing pains here and there clyde offensive line look more connected than they ever have and hopefully that continues for the rest of the season that would be really uh that'd be, that'd be a positive indicator you know for success the remainder of the year offensively all right that is the big cedar golf best drive of the game 11 plays 75 yards ending with the 12 yard tyreek hill touchdown on the slant it's exactly what you want to see from the chiefs and big cedar lodge is quickly becoming known as america's great golf destination with some of the best design courses in the country nestled down in the Ozarks, it's exactly what you need when you know you need it. That's Ozark National, Big Cedar, Payne's Valley, Buffalo Ridge, Top of the Rock, BigCedar.com. Plan your trip now. We've been talking about getting down there for a while. We need to we need, very quickly. We need to get down there. And you know what else we need right now? 
I need some Maddie Lane on this show is what I need right now. So let's bring on Chief in Carolina, the owner of the farm. I don't know what else I can do to welcome you on, Maddie, but how do you feel about this performance? Well, oh, your performance introducing me was perfect. Like I, I could expect nothing Thank better you. than you. That was great, BJ. So I'm pretty I wasn't happy with the owner of the farm, but <laughs> you know, the rest we'll, of the we'll take it. Yeah, it was good. Uh, I feel good. You know, the Chiefs won a football game again. It's uh, we no longer have to panic as Chiefs fans. You know, this team is capable of winning a game again, so we have to feel pretty good. All right, Maddie, I've got to talk to you about the intermediate short passing passing game. You know, the Chiefs have had a lot of success, you know, being efficient with some of the, you know, what the defense gives them a lot of different times. And, and you know, Patrick Mahomes has been very good about that. Seemed like he had a very good performance in that area of the field today. Absolutely. And I think you see the Eagles, just like a lot of other teams, are staying in kind of two high shells. So they're keeping two safeties deep. They're not letting the Chiefs beat them over the top except for that last play of the game, which they weren't expecting. But they're forcing the Chiefs to move the ball down the field. And the Chiefs did it. I mean, you guys talked about it. Patrick Mahomes had a great day. He played phenomenal besides the one interception, which I'm still not sure. He wasn't trying to throw to an open receiver, and he just got hit, and it messed the play up. We'll have to see later on about that. But just that quick game, the RPO slants, the arm angles on some of those throw are ridiculous. If the Chiefs can keep doing that, they're going to be hard to stop every week. Well, okay, Maddie, I'm kind of side tail, side, you know, sidetrack a little bit here. The the offensive line really did a fantastic job, all, you know, running the football. And we'll talk about the interior offensive line in a second. But you kind of mentioned some of the run pass option stuff, some of the you know arm angles and the adjustments, and some of the the slants that were kind of opening up because you know of, of of the manner of the looks. I mean, this offensive line dominating the way it did today, just across the board. That's got to just make this thing a lot more difficult. You know, um, you know, in its totality, when you look at the entire picture of this thing. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to go back and see how much attention the Eagles were giving to the Chiefs' run game throughout the game. Were they sending extra guys into the box? Were they getting linebackers that were stepping forward? Because that's something the Chiefs haven't dealt with in the past. But as good as the offensive line's been playing, you know, again, with the run blocking, you wonder if that's playing a role or if it's just simply Patrick Mahomes and these weapons being that good. And the crazy part today, just in terms of the passing game, nobody really had it going besides Tyreek Hill. I don't think any receiver besides Hill got more than three targets. Travis Kelsey didn't have his best game. Oh, they couldn't, he couldn't get going. So it was essentially just Patrick Mahomes throwing a Tyree kill short to intermediate over and over again. And they did it almost flawlessly. Okay, so we talked about the offensive line real quick in its totality, but the interior of the offensive line had a massive test, their biggest test with Javon Hargraves, Fletcher Cox, Milton Williams along the interior of that defensive line. And you know, it's two rookies in the biggest investment the Chiefs made in the offseason from a financial standpoint, and Joe Tooney. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. That's a big, you know, a, a big overhaul on the interior offensive line. It looks like they were up to the task and had a really good week again. They looked absolutely phenomenal. I think it's going to be something we have to go back and see. And I think you guys were talking about it. We know what kind of runs were the Chiefs throwing out there. It seemed like they had a lot of different stuff. But even on outside zone or toss plays, this interior offensive line was getting past the defensive tackles up to the second level, connecting on guys. Like, they had no problems running the ball when it was a short yard situation, picking up positive yards on a first and 10 run. These guys were just absolutely dominant versus one of the best, you know, interiors you're going to see all season. I think we saw how good Javon Hargrave was on his one sack where he did beat Creed Humphrey. Like, he's an excellent football player. And that was about the only impact him or Fletcher Cox really had on the game all day. We've talked a little bit about Clyde Edwards-Lair a couple times in this game already, but it really feels like the offensive line and the running back are a lot more connected than they've been the last couple of weeks. 
You know, Clyde seems to be seeing the field pretty well right now. Uh, and I think that it, it may be just a credit to this group kind of gelling a little bit more. This is week four. And that's a big part of it. I do think Clyde is understanding the pacing of running behind this offensive line, how these guys are doing. He can sit behind them a little bit more and wait for the last second to jump cut. He doesn't have to show his hand immediately because these big guys up front in the middle, even the tackles, they're going to get movement. So if you can just kind of hang out behind them for a couple yards before finally choosing your gap or your hole. And I think you see that when you watch Clyde versus watching Daryl Williams, Clyde's running a lot more patient of the two, and it looks a lot better. It just looks a lot more fluid between the two units. You did see Daryl Williams get involved a little bit more early. Maybe even just, I mean, maybe they're trying to integrate him a little bit more into this offense. Did you take anything from that? Or was it, you know, what was the reason that Daryl Williams seemed to be getting a little bit more run this week? I think they're just trying to share the load. I mean, you see he got almost the same amount of carries as Clyde until one of those last drives. He was a little bit more involved in the passing game, which has kind of been one of the things since he's been here. They love his pass protection and just they can trust him in the receiving game. But I was almost disappointed when I saw Daryl Williams get a run and it wasn't Clyde because I think Clyde very much looked better. He was quicker. He was playing off the blocks better. Daryl Williams, I like him as a player. I think he's a great third down back, but he just kind of looked like he was definitely putting his foot in the ground and going straight north and south. All right, Matt, we're going to find more of your sweet, sweet content and analysis on the KCSN Substack later this week. Thank you for jumping on with us and talking about the offense. Oh, thank you, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. All right, and as we head into the final segments and final observations that we have in this game, I want to throw this out there because we tweeted this out there at 945 this morning. So anybody who's out there who is – watching or listening who has access to Twitter, go to KC Sports Network on Twitter and make sure you are following us and retweet our tweet from 945 this morning because we are giving away two tickets to the Sunday night game against the Bills next week in section 109, row eight. You are going to be kind of catty corner right behind one of the goalposts. These are very, very good seats for a primetime game against the Bills who absolutely boat raced the... Uh, oh, Absolutely boat raced the um, the Houston Texans earlier. Sorry, Derrick Henry is going off on overtime here. <laughs> Guys getting excited. Um, <laughs> make sure you go and retweet that. We are giving away two tickets. And I'm just going to tell you right now, if, if I'm getting really excited, if I really want to, we might even throw an old bottle of 360 vodka Uh-oh. to whoever wins those tickets. And we might even throw a couple of these there's whiskey glasses that we've got that are taking care of our spirits. It's my captain, his old fashioned. Uh, but yeah, make sure if you have Twitter, go retweet that. Follow us. Make sure you're following all, all of our accounts. We've got tickets for this game. We've got tickets for a lot of future games. Make sure you're following us. We're trying to figure out ways to give those away and do something a little bit different. Have some fun with fans and uh, provide value for us both. So if you're on Twitter, make sure to go and retweet that. But let's get into now that we're in this fan involvement area. It's a nice segue because it all fits together nice and perfectly. See how that works? I love it. It's so beautiful. Good job, PJ. Thank you. I've done this once or twice. So <laughs> let's go to some fan questions right now. Let's bring it up. All right. This is from Benjamin Wackold. Is the O-line starting to gel together? Lucas Niang got called for a few penalties. Yeah, it was a rough start for Lucas Niang early, but I think largely you look at the totality of this offensive line, you got to feel, feel good about where they're at, feel good about how things are you know, kind of going, especially in the run game. We talked about it a lot this entire show. Offensive line up front, running the football looks really good. There's some, you know, there's, it's not perfect. There's some things to clean up, and, and both tackles had their, their moments this week, and you know, they'll get back to work on it, though. Yeah, it's kind of hard with the offensive line, especially when you're watching it live, yeah. where I feel like, yeah, Lucas Yang had a bad game because the two, the sack and like the penalty was like, that wasn't good. 
but we also went and ran the ball well, and it's not like I was paying attention every single time. So uh, it does feel like the offensive line took a step forward today. A lot of the uncomfortability that we had seen from Patrick Mahomes in the pocket, outside the interception, where he's going to get pressure. Yeah. You guys are the other guys are on scholarship too. Uh, so <laughs> it's my favorite Martyism. So I, I'm not ready to say make any takes on that, but it does feel like the offensive line gelled a little bit. And if there's one guy that'd say, "Hey, probably didn't have the best game," it'd be Lucas Niang. But uh, the Chiefs got it done up front, running the football. So. Um, Something up there was going right. So, Tucker, we got any more questions? Here we go from Ryan White. Do you all think Travis Kelsey's lack of involvement was just a product of the run game working or something Philly was doing or what? I'm going to say this because it's week by week. It's matchups. It's it's whatever it is. We, we joked about this before. We were talking about this before. Tyreek Hill had 12 of the 30 targets for the Chiefs, and Travis Kelsey only had six. Nobody had more than six. So Tyreek Hill literally doubled the amount of targets as everybody else. Again, until you go and watch the film, I can say we knew what they were doing to Travis Kelsey, but I'm never going to say that anybody has figured out a way to stop Travis Kelsey or anything else. Because if you're doing too much to him, you're opening somebody up like we saw with Tyreek. And now teams have to pick their poison. And guess what? We got a little 19 coming in here. That's true. And things get things hey, get the open hype, up. The hype train was definitely where the tech, the, the insider text messages were definitely flowing earlier today with all the uh, positive Josh Gordon is coming stuff that was coming out of the it became a storyline sourced source stuff on game day. It became a storyline already that Josh Gordon might be involved in. Maybe it's just a little game and gamesmanship with the Buffalo Bills coming into town. Probably one of might be the biggest game left for this Chiefs team on the schedule. Yes, think about it. I'm not scared. The, the Raiders, five. the Raiders are going to have six losses by the time that they play. Maybe I don't I even hope know they if they don't. I want to bop them when they're feeling good. I don't want them to feel good. I want them to be miserable. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there, things are kind of starting to come together. Worst and thing you give him is hope. Josh Gordon, can I? <laughs> I'm not letting that go. All right, well, <laughs> I'm I'm gonna, to my core. Can I get this back on track? <laughs> I'm going to dunk on Raiders <laughs> all I want right here, and I bet you people listening are nodding like, "Yeah, let him go." Josh, give your point. Josh Gordon opens some things up outside. He maybe can take a little bit of what, the attention away from Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Teams are picking their poison. They didn't pick the Tyreek Hill poison. They let Tyreek Hill dominate them all game long. That's what happened. Travis Kelsey got taken away a little bit. It's okay. That's why they have both of those dynamic weapons. That's why you have more than one weapon. All right, Sean M., I have a question. Can Neiman make a freaking tackle? <laughs> I'll let you guys take this one. Oh, no. Next. All right, that was quick. Patrick Stufflebean, season TD record in sights of Mahomes. Ooh, I haven't even. Where's he on pace? I think he was pacing in the fifties the last time I saw a five fifty-five, a five uh, something like that. Five touchdown performance today certainly helps. There's seventeen games left in this, or seventeen games in this season. He could jump that very easily. I'm I'm excited to see what he does. Tucker's so disheveled to point out and be like, hey, can you look that up? He's just like, no. No. (laughs) (laughs) I got too much stuff going on. All right, do we have any other – let's see here. B. Hudson, biggest takeaway from the game. I think – I'll take this one. I think it's just the sky's not falling. And I think defensively you can look and say the problems are still the problems of what you saw defensively. I didn't like that we didn't get more pass rush. That kind of worries me that we're putting a lot on Willie Gay Jr., when he comes back, putting a lot on Frank Clark. Obviously, Charvarius Ward didn't play in this game either, so they're missing guys. This is the time of the season that everybody's going to be missing people. So they can't be used as an excuse of, we don't have 100% of our guys. That's why you have depth. That's why you have to go out and play. So the biggest takeaway for me, though, it would be that. What about you? Uh, that the Chiefs offense was humming in all cylinders. They were absolutely incredible, 42 points. I think they only didn't score in one possession. 
and it was that last one, or that that uh, interception. Sorry, the only third down that they didn't convert the entire game. That's an exceptional performance. As a wise man once said, that'll play on Sundays. <laughs> That'd be Tucker. That'd be a wise Tucker Franklin. Like this. <laughs> he's he's very. Proud I wish of people could see you. This is the I only know. thing I don't like about this setup is people cannot see. Could we, could we just get like a small Tucker came in the corner just so we can just see? If we could put it in like the corner. <laughs> I wish, I wish Streamer would allow us to do that, just like a little producer can. But, all right, Ryan White, now the pass defense has struggled for two straight weeks. Does the hate for Charvarius Ward let up at all? I don't that's know. It's a, a tough one for me because I don't see the, you know, corners getting bopped on the whole time. I just see a bunch of throws to the flat on second and 10 for eight yards. And it's like, are we ever going to make that more difficult? I, I think Charvarius Ward, like, Charvarius Ward, I don't think is a – particularly great football player he has value and even when you're criticizing players sometimes they have value just maybe their roles a little too big ben neiman has value would you rather would you rather have traverius ward or steven nelson traverius ward then let's not have no that cap. conversation anymore Traverius <laughs> <laughs> ward can get it done we're in a good mood aaron lewis our good friend and one of our biggest supporters what's up aaron would you like to have Jones back in the middle rather than the outside? Yes. Rushing the passer? Yes. Not along the interior during the during early downs. I don't because we've seen him be a liability running against the against yeah. the run, and that's the problem. And that's why they're trying to figure out a role for him. He doesn't he doesn't really fit C. Spagnolo's prototypes for interior, a little bit exterior, but maybe a little bit more explosion. But they're trying to figure out a role for him that makes sense. Yep. All right, Tuck. What else do we got? Sean M. I don't want to watch this if I can't see Tucker twenty. Tucker put his own comment in there. That's amazing. It's a very Tucker, Tucker twenty four seven. Or I will unsubscribe. Bring on the Tucker cam. We'll figure this out. I'll figure. I'm gonna set you up for a point, and I'm gonna sit over here and try to technically figure out a way to get him on camera. So, oh God. What are the Chiefs going into the Bills game? I know you haven't spent a lot of time studying the Bills yet. We're gonna have content all week long. Again, if you have not subscribed to our um, Substack, our daily newsletters, you will get one every morning. At 6 o'clock, you will get a newsletter to your email. It will be in-depth breakdowns, analysis, film study, all that good stuff. You become a subscriber uh, to the KCSN Substack. We'll have that tomorrow morning. But as they go into the Bills, what's the one area? And we've seen incremental improvements. Going into the Chargers game after Baltimore, it was just like, we need to see him stop the run. I know it wasn't the same running attack. They got a little bit better against the run. It was like, hey, red zone defense, friggin' awful. Got a little bit better in red zone defense. Where do they need to get a little bit better going into the Bills game? It's got to be continuing to get a little bit better on the defensive side of the football. The situational football is going to be crucial for the Chiefs here moving forward against the Bills. Because you know the, these games, when it's when it's against an opponent like the Bills, who you're probably going to see at some point here uh, in the playoffs, most likely. You're going to see – you might even see them in the AFC Championship game. If you don't start winning more games and continue to win games, you might have to see them in Buffalo. But situational football is so crucial – to you know, a team's ability, you know, in the in the big situations in big games, whether it's you know in January or now, and so you know the defense is going to have to really tighten up, you know, against um, they're going to have to tighten up on third downs. They're going to have to clean things up as much as they can in the red zone. Those are things that they're going to have to do if they want to, you know, continue to to move and, and progress in the way that they're progressing. This game has a lot of flaws. This team had a lot of flaws today defensively. A lot of mental errors. A lot of uncharacteristic things from the Chiefs. And you know that that we're you know we're not used to necessarily. I don't know how else to do this. <laughs> this is this is great. Uh, this, but I'm echoing really bad, by the way, Tucker. So I don't think it went well. No, I got you. But yeah, I mean, those are the things that this team's got to get incrementally better on defense. Continue to do that. Just make small adjustments, and hopefully, they can you know pull things out 
against a very good Buffalo team. This is going to be a really fun game. I'm really excited. It's a litmus test for this team, and they need it. They honestly need it. You know, the Eagles were a good ramp up to this game. They got to go out and take care of business against one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the best to this point, honestly. You know the other reason I think you're really excited about the Bills game? Why? Because our boys are coming in time. That's right. Because Maddie Lane and Craig Stout will be here. And for everybody that is a subscriber to KCSN, they know because they've gotten some emails that we are having a special college football watch party up at the distillery in Weston, Missouri. They make the 360 vodka. One of our biggest supporters. We absolutely love those guys. And we will be up there next Saturday with a small group of people watching some college football, having some spirits, having some Jack Stack barbecue, having a lot of fun. They're going to have live music, a lot of cool stuff. So if you are a subscriber and you do not check your email over the last week and you want to come up to the party, there are just a handful of spots left. You can count them on one hand. If you want to come up to that next Saturday, 1.30 to 5.30, you'll be with Maddie Lane, Craig Stout, Kent, myself, and Tucker will all be up there along with some other special guests. <sighs> Feels good to be back to 2-2, two two, I'm not going to lie to you. He really does, and uh, oh, it's a nice W. you got to move on. you got a big test coming, and this team can't look, they can't, they can't look back anymore, good or bad. I'm excited to have Arrowhead rocking in a primetime game. They only got one home. I think, to correct me if I'm wrong, I think they only have one home primetime game this year. I think it was like one at home and four on the road. The Giants The Giants is a Monday night game. Oh, you're right. Might yeah. Okay, they got two. Because we got tickets we're giving away to that one, too. Oh, weird. Yeah, weird. Huh. But we appreciate everybody. And before we let you go, we're going to do our post-game toast presented by our good friends at 360 Vodka. And all we can say is the sky is not falling. Patrick's Mahomes the best player in the National Football League. Andy Reid is making history, and we get to witness it all. So while we have our differences and everything as we go through the season and you fan the way that you fan, at the end of the day, it's a beautiful thing to watch this team play because this is the golden age of Chiefs football, and we should not forget that. Thank you, everybody, for watching, and we will see you next week. Make sure to catch all our content at kcsportsnetwork.com. You can find everything right there. We appreciate your support. We'll see you next week. Cheers. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.